0: I reached the point over the last couple weeks where I was, I'm completely caught up on everything, so I'm struggling to find stuff to listen to. I mean, I'll have new shows drop, but they'll be done within a day, and I'll have nothing else. Yeah.
1: You hear, You hearing this, Paul? There's an open market, buddy.
0: <laughs>
2: we're
1: gonna do it. Fucking, we are gonna record it this week. Is
2: that gonna All be right. Timmy Loves Polly?
1: I think we're gonna call it Funny Books Unlimited. <laughs> 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 I call it (laughs) ultimate funny books, but then I wouldn't listen to myself. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) I like Timmy loves Polly. I've already talked to Paul about what the artwork should look like.
3: Yeah, uh, because I I didn't. uh, Tim and Paul are awesome. Did not go over well with test audiences. (laughs) No,
2: I told Paul that the image needs to be you and Paul facing each other. You know, uh, uh, from from a sideways point of view. You know, y'all facing each other. Inside of a uh, valentine Heart cutout. To me, that's the image.
1: You know, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but. I just don't think that's the direction I want to go. <laughs> I'm with you, Tim. This is our show. <laughs> this is our show. We're going to give to you to throw in the feed air. Yeah. After one of us
3: possibly edits it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it. no,
1: there's no editing. It's going to be Cardboard Crack style.
3: Yeah. Oh, which means you're not going to post it at all.
1: No, yeah, we're, we're going to post three and a half episodes. I <laughs> it was going to be the cardboard crack move. I said it was. Gonna...
0: <laughs> Did you right, guys let's... catch the uh, all of the last season of Caprica? Uh, let me tell you about something about that. I uh, <laughs> I have
2: a season pass to Caprica on my TiVo, <laughs> and for some reason, not a single one of the new episodes recorded. And let me tell you, there was nothing else on that night. It wasn't like you know there was something else going on on, on you know, the other two channels of my TiVo. I don't know why I didn't get it. I think TiVo just probably said, nah, eh, fuck this show. Yeah,
0: I didn't even realize they were showing them until uh, I looked at my recorded shows, and here's the rest of the season.
1: I don't know why it sounded like this, but it's like Wayne said, hey, did you see Peter Pan? And Aaron's like, I have an e-ticket to Never Never Land, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I go there every day. I have an express pass. pass. Season pass. I get to ride the rides in Caprica whenever I want. <laughs> Woo! I get to take the flash point through the Great America.
2: Plus free parking.
1: <laughs> you know, Rockstar parking.
2: I gotta tell you, I was pissed because you know I flipped over. and, Oh, Crack Caprica's on. I guess my my TiVo and you
0: know in my in my man cave is uh, is recording it. And no, no Caprica. Last of the season was amazingly good because I watched all the episodes. God. Fuck you, Wayne. over the last couple days. No, no, fuck you. <laughs> but. And of course it's canceled. Yeah, best show ever. <laughs> now tell me that they're not going to release it to DVD
2: and I won't be able to stream it on Netflix. Only one time opportunity to watch it.
3: Uh, Actually, you know. it was out on DVD before Christmas. They, they were they've been out on DVD since like mid-December.
2: The final episodes? The final yeah. five episodes. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, now it's you know.
1: A little Aaron, but it's only in French. So <laughs> <no shit.
2: laughs> Yeah, it's region 2 DVD, right?
3: It's only on French with Spanish
1: subtitles. (laughs) Oh, nice. Aaron's like, I guess I'm taking a class at the community college. (laughs) (laughs) Donde
2: está el Cylon? With Aaron, Polly, Tim, and Wayne. I'm Aaron.
3: I'm Polly. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. Did you already break all your New Year's resolutions?
2: I haven't. I, I really didn't make any resolutions this year. Ooh.
3: Well, that's how you. That's one way not to break them. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I and still Aaron, haven't man. bought a Grant Morrison book this year, so I'm doing good.
1: Oh, or reprints, Wayne.
0: I don't think I've got a reprint this year all right. yet
1: watching you (laughs)
3: yeah it's only a matter of time
0: i finally got to see the premiere of young justice though oh what'd you think it's uh they cut it in half so i only saw half of it but absolutely loved it i can't wait to see the rest of it i was uh blown away to actually see batman superman all of them there you know because all like teen titans couldn't get batman or any of the other dc characters so it's cool to see that the show is actually going to have anyone that it needs to have yeah it's nice to see him have have uh you know carte blanche with the dc archive i don't like robin's voice though and it's kind of some of the voices are throwing me because i recognize all of them they've got some real big you know voice names in there so it's kind of it kind of throws you at times it's like well that was cyborg on teen titans or that was you know someone else on this other show when is the series due to start up is it already started
3: Yeah, they started on Friday, January 7th, but they started with uh, the episode we saw, the two part episode that they're just, you know, so that's the first two weeks. And
0: they only showed the first part of it. Okay.
3: So were you you surprised when your mom popped up in the episode, Wayne?
0: No, I have no idea what you're talking (laughs) about.
3: Maybe is the second half? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, that must be the second half (laughs) when the monsters pop up. (laughs) (laughs) when the cthulhu penis pops into the episode
2: did i uh did i see correctly that the cape premieres on sunday
3: yes a two-hour episode Uh, uh. are you excited aaron
2: i don't know that i'm excited but i'm i'm curious because you know i I know some people have said that they didn't like the previews to it but i've kind of been intrigued by the previews so uh, i am going to uh watch that
3: well and uh Supposedly, it's already premiered on the DC Comics app for uh, your iPods and iPads and iPhones and all that shit. Oh, yeah. So you can watch a two-hour episode on your phone if you want.
2: I think I'd just rather, you know, watch it on the TV. <laughs> on the television. That's right. On, on the picture box.
0: <laughs> <So> 1990.
3: <laughs> Jeez, Aaron. Get with the times.
0: <laughs> I'm just having to write down, write down notes to go set to record when we're done recording here.
3: Yeah. Ooh crap, I forgot to record Prime Evil last night. Does anybody watch that show?
0: No. No. I no. watched some of the first season.
3: It's a good show. I'm surprised you guys don't watch it. So the year is really not off to a good start with comic
1: book releases.
2: Or this with was this was podcast. S- <laughs> or with this
1: podcast. <laughs> <clears throat> Brutal honesty for the win. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this was a sad, sad week for comics. Did anybody else notice that?
0: Oh, I noticed God. I only had four books.
1: I didn't yeah, have I, anything that I really wanted to get.
2: I, I happily observed that my uh, comic bill this week was less than twenty dollars.
3: Yeah, mine was too, and I threw two comics in I wasn't planning on purchasing.
0: Yeah, as did I. Yeah, same here. It's been a I couple of uh, couple of weeks of like two, three bucks,
1: five bucks, six bucks, something like that. It was pretty awesome.
3: Yeah, it's pretty nice when DC starts dropping their shit to two ninety nine.
1: Right. Of course, it's not going to make for a good podcast, but save you money, so that's good. <laughs> Well, did yeah. you also did you also notice that the DC covers started this week?
0: Yeah, I don't care for them. Really? Yeah, I don't. It, they really don't caught my attention you. on the shelf. It made me pick up every book and look through it and see if I wanted to buy it. And but I, I only bought one. And you see, and I, <clears throat> on the other side of that, what I disliked about it is that it kind of made every book look
2: alike. You know, I know that that was a branding scheme, but you know, it just didn't. It didn't make anything look particularly. Uh, didn't make anything particularly stand out
0: to me. It just made, me, it made it look like they are all kind of in the same branding scheme. I just didn't care for it. See, it was successful in, in that it made me pick up all the books and flip through them. Uh-huh. It was unsuccessful in that they printed crap to go behind those covers.
3: Which brings us to Steel number one, Reign of Doomsday. Am I the only one who hated this book? No, I hated it too.
0: I don't think there was enough of a story to hate. <laughs> I think that uh,
2: there was a good book and they're trying to get out but the pacing was so bad in the book you know like the the big fight with doomsday just kind of happens and you know you really don't have a sense of of the impact of it it doesn't give you a sense of scale except for that one shot where doomsday's hurling steel into the building but other than that everything just kind of just
0: happens and it just there just didn't seem to be any real pacing to the story yeah, I was annoyed. There was no setup at all. It just goes straight into okay, here's Steel Fighting Doomsday and this is a big deal. And let me Why ask is this a big deal. Where's everyone else at? What's going on? This doesn't start a crossover. That's just it's just a fight. Well, and where did Doomsday come from? I mean, did I miss a lead up to this?
3: No, supposedly this is the the start of it. So uh exactly
0: and that that's my complaint he just shows yeah. up in the middle of the city and hears steel there to fight him how did steel find out he's there if none of the other heroes know he's there and they're not there to fight him how did steel of all people find people this find out him?
1: he shows I... up to fight him and the dude's got new powers and can put armor on
2: right it, yeah it, he...
1: first of all does he need armor i don't really think so what's that gonna do i mean if superman can punch him in the face
2: yeah and i'm kind of right there with you tim i mean Why would Doomsday, who can take the worst that Superman has to offer, need to adapt to Steel's armor? Now, I can understand his need to adapt to the nanobots that uh, Steel injected him with, but the the notion that he needs to adapt to Steel's armor is a little ridiculous to me.
3: Well, and the worst part about it is the art doesn't sell it either. No. I thought this – when uh my comic book guy told me oh it's ed bennis i didn't realize that i didn't realize it either but you know what after reading the book i still don't realize it this doesn't look like his normal art no well
0: and they do such a bad job of making you feel like this is an important fight that they have to throw in all of these fake news reports telling you how big of a fight it is yeah and they fail in doing that because it's just they're just calling back to the fight with Superman, which was so much more epic than this one was.
2: Well, and, you know, the the attempt at iconography from the death of Superman, like that last page where Steel's hammer is is sitting there on the ground and you've got a piece of his cape fluttering in the wind and then his weeping uh, niece over there. And you know, you're supposed to go, oh, God, Steel's dead. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How will we ever go on? But, you know a- – you have no reason to think he is dead. Exactly because he's been carried away. So I, that that panel <laughs> made me laugh as opposed to making me feel the power of the scene cuz I was just like, man, what a what a what a weak grab at some of that nostalgia nostalgic sentiment from the death um, of the Super. death. Of Super. Now, That's you know, what this whole book was,
0: was a grab at the death of Superman. Yeah, well, and
2: I'm reading the big trade paperback right now, uh, Superman Doomsday, which includes all the aftermath Doomsday stories, such as you know Superman Hunter Prey, Doomsday Wars, etc.
0: And all of those stories were better than this one. Even the crappy ones in there were better than this one. You know what else I was annoyed by? Steele's talking about him and the other three Supermen that showed up to take Superman's place, uh, and talking about how. You know, the heroes they were and the things that they were doing. And he's including Cyborg in there. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it destroys Coast City, is evil through and through. He just throws him in there as he's another guy that stepped up. Yeah.
2: One of the nastiest villains in the DC universe. And he's like, yeah, you know, he stepped up to the dream of the Superman. I'm just like, really? You
0: don't want to correct that a little bit? (laughs) Yeah. This is what all four of us signed up for. No, that's not what Cyborg signed up for. He signed up to destroy Coast City. Yeah.
1: I think the news feed failed because they didn't have a telechopper here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> An H D telechopper. That's right.
0: <laughs> I think the biggest fail of this book though is at this point we still have no idea what Reign of the Reign of Doomsday is. Doomsday showed up, fought Steel, jumped off with Steel's body. Yeah. If this is yep. the beginning of the reign of of Doomsday storyline story storyline, we still got no clue what that storyline is. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well and I need I need the I need Doomsday to look like Doomsday. I mean, I, they call me a purist, but I, the part that I like about that character is he's a force of nature. He's an icon. Yeah. And if he's, you're gonna put make him metal and make him fly and all this stupidity, it's not gonna be the same character, and it's gonna it's gonna fall apart before it even gets to the crummy writing.
3: Yeah. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we already establish that Doomsday had some intelligence and can talk? A little bit,
2: you know, like he he, he would say, uh, you know, Krypton and, you know, Superman, you know, and my favorite Metropolis. That was really the extent of it.
0: Yeah. In the following ones where he showed up and he actually was having conversations, it was, I think, Brainiac yeah. that was in his mind. Yeah. Brainiac was all up in him.
3: Ah.
2: Yeah. And you know how that went? Hey, doomsday. I am in you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> do
3: you feel me? <laughs> I gotta say, another thing that this book did for me, besides killing my interest in this Reign of Doomsday <laughs> shit,
0: yeah.
3: Well, okay, so there's two ads in this book that I want to call your attention to. At least I think one of them is in here. The rise of Eclipso.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
3: In Justice League of America, I like Eclipso. Oh, but I just damn, I just I'm not gonna buy Justice League. I well, refuse. You, yeah.
2: you know, I read uh, the Starman and Con Gorilla book this week and they're on the current Justice League. Um and I and I re- enjoyed the book quite a bit and I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll pick up uh, Justice League, you know, and give that another shot. And I saw that eclipso ad and I just can't stand eclipso. Sorry, Paul. Really? Um, yeah, I, I just hate him. I was like, ooh, I will not be picking that up.
3: <laughs> I still have that old eclipso comic. Remember they had a crossover? One uh, summer, it was like Eclipse of yes. the Darkness Within, and the first yeah. one had a little purple plastic gem on the cover. Yep. Still have it. So but, is uh, it
0: bad that this DC Universe Online Legend comic looks better than the Superman book that's being printed right now? <laughs> it looks better than the book you paid for?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But even the art I thought on that one was kind of weak. On the um, the the preview for DC Universe Online Legends, art by Howard Porter and Adriana Milo.
0: You know, it's a tie-in to an MMO. I expect it to be half-assed.
1: Actually, the, the the story follows one of the one of the trailers for that DC Online. So, if you really thought that was at least halfway interesting, you should see the trailer because it's badass.
3: Yeah, the trailer is badass.
1: Not that but... the gameplay is going to be like that. But
3: <laughs> does anybody is anybody going to pick up uh, the Universe Online Legends comic series? Or at least the first issue. Uh, no. Nope, probably not now. Nope. Negative. Timmy. No. All right,
1: so moving along. Hear about that? Piss off. So. <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your What's your next one? Paul? If I was
3: oh.
0: going to play the game, I'd pick it up, but I don't plan on playing the game.
1: Yeah, I want.
3: You know, I wanted to. I just, I, I, I just don't think I'm going to be able to get into it. And then you have to pay the monthly fee, and it's like yeah, son of a bitch. Is- How many more bills do I need to add? How
2: much time do you have to play the game?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, no, nah, fuck it. So, uh, after the tacular steel number one one-shot Reign of Doomsday, hopefully you rinsed out with a taste of Ultimate Captain America issue number one, and it made you feel all warm and gooey inside.
0: I felt neither warm nor gooey. It was definitely no Ultimate Thor. No. It was kind of a mess for me. It wasn't bad i didn't hate it it didn't really capture me i'm not you know i'm not thinking you know oh wow i can't wait for the next issue this is amazing but i didn't hate it either it was just kind of it was
3: a book i read it and it's a book we've read a billion times before
0: that's what i was thinking i you know
2: it it seemed like i've read this story
3: oh there's another super soldier (laughs) shocker yeah how many freaking super soldiers are there
2: and and he wasn't from the World War Two, you know, with we romanticize how, how uh patriotic and, and honorable and heroic we were during that war. No, he's from Vietnam, so he's cynical. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I, I I didn't hate the book, kinda of like what Wayne was saying, but there was nothing about this book that said, I have got to get the next issue. You know? I did yeah. like the artwork. Um yeah. I, I thought the artwork was was, was good. I, I really liked the storyboarding on it. I thought it flowed well. Um But the story itself just didn't grab me, and I will say that there was a part of the book that I had to read a couple of times just to make sure I understood the flow. And it's where it jumps from where Captain America is—you know, the the guy says, "Are you praying?" You know, where he's got the gun pointed to his head, and it jumps back from the six weeks ago North Korea. And I just was having—I was having a hard time with the way that part of the story flows. I mean, I think I probably read that three times just to make sure
0: I understood what was going on there. Yeah, and speaking of overdone. (laughs) Was it all the three-syllable words? It was. It was. It's very hard to understand. Speaking of overdone, though, how many times have we seen someone show up that somehow is related to Captain America in the Ultimate Universe and just beats him up? His son shows up and, oh, his son's a better fighter than him. Here's someone else that has a super soldier serum. Oh, they're a better fighter than him. It's like Ultimate Captain America just continually gets beaten up by anyone that has any touch of the super super soldier serum in them. Unless he's in the ultimates,
2: in which case he can beat the shit out of anybody there. Yeah, exactly
1: anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was it just You a, know what it is? It's that they uh, you have to listen to the Pearl Jam CD all the way through and let it play for 10 minutes, and then you get the bonus track Super Soldier Serum. Because that's how all these people have it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to play oh, that shit! album backwards. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that revealed in Ultimate Captain America issue 666. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I don't think I'm going to be on board for issue 2. And yeah. uh, I like Jason Aaron, I like Ron Garney. Yeah. But uh well, not. you know,
2: <clears throat> I would be more likely to pick up issue 2 if it was 2.99. You know, and that was the thing when I was at the comic shop this week, I probably wouldn't have picked up Starman and Kong Gorilla if it had been a 3.99 book, but it's like hey, it's 2.99, I like those characters. So, <clears throat> I think that think that Marvel shoots themselves in the foot on some of this experimental stuff. Uh, you know, By pricing themselves out of the market,
3: agreed. And you know, they uh, there was a sneak peeks that Marvel put out this week, Um, just a a free couple of page preview of a couple of different things. And had I read sneak peek yet? Yeah, not only did it suck, but had I read the sneak peek of Ultimate Ultimate Captain America in that, I might not have picked up the book.
0: You know, usually when I go through these sneak peeks, I find one or two titles that I would have bought, otherwise that sound interesting. This time I read through the entire thing. It's like everything in here is bad.
3: Yes, Wayne. Yes, it is. Are we gonna bring the energy now? <laughs> Talk about Superboy number three.
1: This is another meh to me.
3: Yeah, this you was know, just a meh week, to be honest with you.
1: I, you know, I read this. I read. I read Superboy three, and there's a couple of things I really liked about it. I, I like the the Ma Kent uh, Connor uh, conversation that they had. At, I really enjoyed that when when he was talking to when he was talking to Bart Allen, I and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. This issue is going to be about them raising funds to you know help farmers in Kansas. I'm totally down. And then this little bastard shows up from the future, and I'm like, ah, oh, really? <laughs> you know, it's like there's so much they can they can do. There's so much stuff in Smallville that they can they can focus on and have a good story, and it just seems like they're they're not they're not firing on all cylinders to me.
2: Well, and I feel like this story is too much of Smallville, in not of the town, but of the TV show. You know, uh, it it really does stretch credibility that Connor Kent can hide his secret identity when Superboy is always showing up. You know, at this, I mean, this isn't the 1950s and 1960s where you can tell these stories and and suspend that disbelief that uh, you know you can have superboy wandering around and his big cover is uh, his glasses. I mean he doesn't even have a, a, a cape. <laughs> you know, he's wearing the same clothes except he changes his shirt.
1: Well true, but <clears throat> you also see that this is the second time in this in three issues that somebody's caught him. So yes. maybe maybe they're kind of hitting on that. But Yeah. I just don't like the way that the direction of this book is going.
2: Yeah, and I also don't much care for the art. The art's bugging me on this book.
1: Okay. Yeah.
3: Oh, you know what? That's how he fools people. Because he has the wristband on when he's Superboy. Uh-huh. And when he's not, he doesn't have the wristband <laughs> on. Is that what
2: he
1: does?
3: <laughs> yep, That is how it's done. Uh, yeah. You know, this, this, the three issues now, this book has been a series of good moments, but overall uninteresting stories. Yeah. You know, The Parasite Frogs, good moment. Yeah, I'm talking to, to Bart Allen, good, good. moment. But overall stories, meh.
1: Yeah, and I didn't didn't like what he did with Simon Valentine. It's like, yeah, you can't. I can't see you in class because I want to see you outside of class with Superboy. It's like. So, we're not going to be friends anymore at school, so I'm going to taunt and mock you like everybody else does. <laughs> in like, fact,
2: if you'll assume the position, I'm going to pants you.
1: <laughs> right, right. Never a wedgie. Yeah. No, but it's like. Use a that sounds like hard, an
2: interesting
0: like, character.
1: <laughs> it's like, you know, maybe you should wear a costume when we're, you know, super heroicizing, and then we can still be friends in class, so I don't have to ostracize you so you turn into Lex Luthor. That's right. Yeah. Shimini Christmas.
3: It was just, and you know, and and the, going back to Aaron's point, he throws on a fucking pair of glasses. Seriously, <laughs> and now half the people in the school already know his secret identity. So what does it matter? You know,
1: two out of two out of a class of ten.
3: Yeah, and I'm,
2: it, thinking, I'm thinking, it's like that,
0: he's Clark Kent on Smallville. Everyone knows who he is.
2: I'm thinking that Superman would not be pleased to know how many people know that uh, Connor is Superboy, because I mean that leaves Ma Kent awfully <laughs> vulnerable. Ma you know, not Kent's to mention ninja, Lois.
3: Though.
1: Ma Kent's a ninja; she'll take care of herself. <laughs> yeah. She's she in. is. She
3: defeated Blackest Knight Lois Lane. She can She's, defeat some shit.
1: She yeah, Defeated Galactus off-panel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Squirrel Girl. Yeah. So here's my here's my question.
2: Hey, have you ever noticed? You never see Ma Kent and Squirrel Girl at the same time. Uh, really. <laughs> I, I think that we've. I think you know. I, I think.
1: The apron hides the bushy tail,
3: huh? The tail.
2: Ma and
1: Kent
3: ha- did it with Wolverine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know it's true. Well, I mean, look at her in that robe. She is smoking in that
3: robe. So, <laughs> uh, no. You no know, Tim, ask your question.
2: You <laughs> know <laughs> she, is, she, she is commando underneath that robe.
1: <laughs> what <laughs> do you hate me? For old women women versus Aunt May. No, it's Ma Kent. So... My question is: is that we we all kind of feel the same way. It's been hit or miss on this book. Issue four comes out. Who's shelling out three bucks?
3: I think anyway. issue four is going to be the deciding issue for me. If issue four is literally the same shit I've been getting from the last three issues, then I'm done.
1: I think I got to give it one more issue too.
3: I, here's what
2: I think is sad: is that I am so disgusted by the psionic lad storyline that I hate to say that issue four is going to be my deciding factor for them. Because I don't think they can redeem it with the Sonic Lad storyline. That's, that's a fairly good point. You know what I'm yeah. saying?
3: Well, and what's sad is, this is the worst part about it. Issue five is the Superboy Kid Flash Race. we got to go through at least issue four to
2: get to the good stuff in five.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it sucks because, you know... I really don't want to buy two more issues if I'm going to keep getting this quality. Yeah, but look at it this way: they're two ninety nine each, so you're only spending six bucks
2: versus yeah, eight if it was a Marvel book. Yeah. So you're saving money on the crap you're buying. <laughs> <laughs> I do
3: appreciate that. This, you know, what we call this, Paul? Fiscal responsibility. <laughs> Indeed. If you're going to buy shit, make sure it's cheap shit. That's right. Now, you know, also you're going to get a letters page. Ah, that's true. You no. Know, DC announced this week
2: the return. Of the letters page to their comics. What do you think about that?
3: I'm very happy about that, actually. How come? Well, you know, because it's 2010. And, you know, Um, like... um, Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's
2: 2011, chief. You need to get with the
3: time. (laughs) Whack. Um,
1: (laughs) You need to catch up,
3: Paul. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, when I first started reading comics, right? You know, you get to the letters page, and they'd be talking about the fucking issue four issues ago. But... You know now they're taking thing, You know they're they're getting their letters electronically. Right. So you know you can have talk about the last issue in the next issue. Um, you know so it's more current. So I'm you know I, I I've I've always liked reading letters pages. Um, you know I I've it's just kind of been one thing I really liked about comics.
0: I thought it was just because their books them. were so late that they they were able to have the the feedback in them. <laughs>
3: It, that that could be happening, too. <laughs>
0: but, you know, Paul, I knew that's how you felt about it because I read the Ideology of Madness website blog, and yeah, I saw that you posted an article blog. about it.
1: Wayne's a comfy man, too. You,
0: you,
1: know, you, know, you know why I like the letters page? Because I read every single letter in my head with the comic book guy voice from The Simpsons. <laughs> and that makes it really, really entertaining. His cape should be outside his pants, not inside his pants.
3: <laughs> well aaron you sound not excited about this revelation
2: i you know i'm, I'm neither excited nor not excited
0: Exciting.
2: yeah i he's unsighted, unsighted. <laughs> that's right i i'm just sighted how about that yeah there you go. <laughs> um it, it doesn't it doesn't uh juice me one way or the other it's just you know i i, I find it interesting that they're bringing the letters page back and as long as they can keep it within one issue, I think that's great. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I've never much cared for how far in the past we were talking about the books, you yeah. know, in in the letters pages. But you know, if they can
0: keep it from an issue ago, I think that's great.
1: Yeah, I like it on Avenger. I like it on Avengers Academy. So yeah, I don't have a
0: problem with the DC Yeah, I mean, a lot of the image books have already had that. So I've been reading it, you know, the back of Invincible and things like that. And I don't read every letter. I don't think I ever have. But, but the ones that I still occasionally, occasionally flip back. back.
3: Yeah. Well, I have to be honest. If if it's if they're just going to print letters, then I have no interest. Uh, I, I want to see. You know, I like it when they respond to the letters. Yeah, like, I there's agree. nothing worse than a letters page where they print like four or five letters and they're like, see you next issue. Right. No, I want to see the commentary. battery Yeah. I and I want Dan Slott. <laughs> you, you, you want what?
1: I need <laughs> a voice for the commentary because if the comic book guy is the letters, the letters from the fans, I need another voice for them. Oh, I'll use the tick. There we go. Now we're good. <laughs> there
0: we <you> go. <laughs> <laughs> well, some Patrick. some books used to be, you know, written from the perspective of one of the characters. Yeah, I hate Like that. Fantastic 4 was written from Franklin and Val's perspective. And yeah, I hate that. It's kind
3: of Yeah, it's a little cheesy. Yeah.
2: I don't yeah. even like it when the editor is doing the responding. I prefer it when the writer is doing the responding. Exactly. You
3: know, yeah. in Amazing Spider-Man, they need to have Dan Slott on there telling fans to fuck off, to go fuck themselves. <laughs> 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 I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> It's like, by the way.
2: But, you know, like on on Avengers Prime, you know, I I don't really want to hear Tom Brevert's comments on the book. I want to hear what Brian Michael Bendis has to say about the book.
1: You hear that, Brevert? Aaron said, shut your pie hole.
2: Yeah, shut your fucking pie hole, Tom Brevert.
1: Shut it. (laughs) God. (laughs) Me, 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 me. Zip it.
3: (laughs) So how is that Avengers Prime series, Aaron? Avengers, It's done. It is done, and on time. You know, it, I was, a, it was a six issue series. I I it's not. five.
2: It's five. <laughs> um, I rather like this series. The only thing, the only complaint, I had two complaints about this series. Okay, not only two complaints. One was that it was a uh, you know every other month book. My other complaint was that it didn't really
0: fit into the timeline with Siege. But other than that, I thoroughly enjoyed this book. Yeah, I really enjoyed the series. I had more complaints than you did. But that one of the big ones was the continuity issues all through the series were just horrible. Hmm. My biggest complaint about the series is if this was supposed to show you how Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man bonded, you know how they became close friends again, I don't see it. I see bonding with, with Thor – But there's no reason for Captain America and Iron Man to bond out of this. Iron Man is continually an unredeemable character in this book. And it's just all better because he apologizes and hugs him. Yeah, Cap and Tony hug it out at the end of the book. It's like there's no reason for that hug. It's like they've spent five issues now with Iron Man being a dick. (laughs) Yeah, And suddenly he's like, like, oh, "Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. let's Let's hug.
3: hug. Do they uh, finger each other on Facebook? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there was some dry humping. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, Cap gets himself together. a girlfriend and has to leave her back in Asgard.
0: Or wherever. You know, that was another thing. Cap's got a girlfriend back in the, the regular world, but here he is picking up some random elf and making out with her. Hey, Cap what is, is kind a soldier. Of- you hit that shit wherever you go. He's supposed to be this paragon of goodness, the, the equivalent Boy Scout for Marvel that, uh, that Superman is for DC. And here he is just picking up whatever strange he can get on the side.
1: No, no, no. You he know, when he's – It's the, he, in the he, Captain Kirk theory. If it's not the same species, <laughs> <think> it's
2: <laughs> game. Exactly. But, you know, any soldier, you know, you don't know if you're going to die tomorrow. So, you know, it, it's life-affirming to hit that ass.
0: I just expect more out of my Captain America. That
2: crazy, blue chick, pointed-eared ass. That's what you do. Yeah, hmm. but it's important. It
1: today because you might not have tomorrow.
2: Exactly. Right.
1: I get it.
2: <laughs> so, you know, hopefully we'll see some little blue Captain America illegitimate
0: child wandering about.
1: <laughs> Blue-skinned elf with blonde hair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this book would have to fit into continuity for that to happen. Uh, that's sad. <laughs> But, you it know, is, it, it's sad because it was actually a very good series.
2: It was. But, and the artwork is stunning in issue five. I mean, I've enjoyed the
0: Alan Davis artwork throughout this series, but I mean, some of these pages are just epic. That Yeah, I'm, I'm that, looking at that panel where Thor is standing there in the fire. He doesn't have his hammer, but he's getting ready to, to launch himself back into the fight. Mm-hmm. It's just like that is that is epic, iconic artwork. Why aren't we seeing a story like this in Thor's actual book? Yeah, the the scene
2: where Hela's riding the what looks like an undead dragon leading her hordes into battle is, I mean, really, really stunning. The uh, the colors are fantastic in this story. Uh, I just – boy, I, I really did enjoy it. I mean
0: certainly lots of continuity issues. Um, but I dug it. I dug this thing hard. It is sad that you have to go to a book like this to see Iron Man actually put on his armor. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and I, I like seeing the old armor, too. That was a, that was a little bit of nostalgia for me.
1: Basically, Wayne saying, Matt Fraction, shut your pie hole, too. <laughs> we don't want to hear from you, Tom Brevert. We don't want to hear from you, Matt Fraction. This is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do, zip it.
2: Hey, Paul, could you get those guys on the show for us?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs>
3: right? I'll email Matt Fraction right now. And Matt, say, hey, you hey, remember the great about- you had on <laughs> <laughs> our show? Now you we know. Can tell
0: him all the ways Bendis. Bendis is a better writer than he is.
1: It gets worse. You just say, you know what? We just gave out a couple of funnies to you. <laughs> <laughs> back to talk about
3: it. Don't listen to the episode. Take my word for it. You want right. something?
2: Now what's what's really amusing at the end of this story, and again, we're talking about how it really doesn't work within continuity. But it's been two days since since Siege, you know, and and the destruction of Asgard. And I mean, people are dead. People have been torn apart. This the city has been the city of gods has been crushed and lays in ruins in Asgard. They say it's been two days since the end of it, and then boink, here come uh you know, Iron Man Thor, and uh, Captain America again. They all hug it out and everybody, everybody walks away from the ruins of Asgard, arms around shoulders, smiling, high fiving. Seems a little uh
0: inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> they all enjoyed that man hug between captain america and iron man. man yeah and i think they're gonna have some colossal gay three-way uh between the three of
3: those uh, that's the look uh, that's i'm the seeing, seeing they're gonna, gonna, f- so they're, gonna six they're, series.
0: <laughs> they're gonna see
2: the hammer of thor up close if you know what i mean <laughs> <sighs> so anyway I, you know despite the complaints i really did a like avengers prime
1: so, a lot of us got the uh, Batman Beyond miniseries, and most of us dropped it like it was hot. But yeah. uh, Paul decided to take the plunge when they decided to make it a, a new series with the same creative team. So, Paul,
3: yeah, how, how did uh, you enjoy it? So, Batman Beyond, I think, won our worst miniseries of 2010 award, funny award. Like an idiot, I went ahead and picked up Batman Beyond number one of the ongoing series because I was suckered in by this beautiful, beautiful Dustin Nguyen cover. I got to (laughs) say, I actually enjoyed issue one of Batman Beyond the Ongoing more than I enjoyed any issue of the miniseries. Um, It it, it seems like the writing got a little better. the, the, The characters feel a little bit more like the characters from the show. They, they talk a little bit more like the characters from the show. Bruce Wayne's not such a douchebag, you know. Terry actually doesn't refer to him as Mister Wayne in every word balloon, that type of thing. You get appearance uh, an appearance by Justice League uh, Beyond or Justice League Unlimited or whatever the hell they were called in the future. Um, I, I actually, other than Superman, Superman Beyond's not there, but it, it's actually not a bad issue. And for two ninety nine, you know, I don't regret picking it up, which is
1: you know, scary. So I. Do you, is it going to be something where you're going to you're going to continue with it?
3: I think I'm going to buy at least issue 2. From what I hear, um, the way it's going to be done is it's going to be in three issue arcs kind of like Batman and Robin. So, I might be on for the first arc. We'll see how it, you know, we'll see how it turns out, but the first issue was good enough for me to buy the second. You know, and that's uh you know, considering that's the first positive review I've gotten to a book this week. <laughs> that's a, a sad sad thing. But um, you know, if it was three ninety nine, I wouldn't have bothered. So the, the two ninety nine price point was definitely what uh, what drew me in, and you know, I was still able to pick up a book that I hadn't planned on buying and still keep my you know my thing under my bill under twenty bucks. So you know, I, I think it was a decision well made, and so I will report back at the end of the three issue story arc, and I will let you know if it was worth it or not. We look forward to that. Everyone looks forward to it, Tim. Everyone. Everyone. Even I could care less.
1: Far, even in the far <laughs> echoes of space, people look forward to hearing how Aaron and Polly feel about comic books.
3: That's true. That's true. Even in the cancer-verse, do they listen to funny <laughs> books with Aaron and Polly?
2: Well, that's all they listen to. It's not just on a continual loop.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and particularly, it's, it's that first episode we did, Paul, where the, where the time track wasn't right and it was just echoed the whole time. That's the one episode that's just on a continual loop in the
3: cancer-verse. <laughs> No, it's last week's episode.
1: (laughs) I don't want to go back to last week's episode.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So,
2: uh, the follow-up to the Thanos Imperative, Devastation, uh, came out this week, in which, who'd have thought that 'er ne'er-do-well Blastar from the Negative Zone turned on his allies—I can't—I find this unconscionable, Paul— turned on his allies, the Inhumans and the Kree— and the Shi'ar, and attacked them. I just, uh, why would he do such a thing? He's a scumbucket. I just, I, I find it shocking, shocking that he would do such
3: a thing. Yeah, so essentially, this issue was uh, just basically a precursor to the Annihilators miniseries that we discussed previously that's starting up, I think, in February or March? I
2: think that's correct, I think February.
3: Yeah, yeah and, and it uh,
2: was, it was uh, the uh, psionic dog Cosmo putting the team together. You know, and, and it, it basically explaining the need for uh, such a team of heavy hitters to be out there and, uh, you know, taking care of these kind of galactic wrongs.
3: So he's, yeah.
2: he's assembling a team of, you know, Gladiator and the Silver Surfer, um, uh, Quasar, Beta Ray Bill, all those guys to, uh, you know, serve as this team of annihilators.
1: A dog put this team together? Yeah, Cosmo! And you, like, you guys like this series?
3: Loved it. Yeah, and you know, and what's funny, my favorite part of this is that Cosmo, he, so he's putting together essentially a new Guardians of the Galaxy. They're right. called the Annihilators, but the premise is that they're a new Guardians of the Galaxy. And the entire time he's like, you have to be on this team. The last team sucked, so I have to make it right. You know, he's like, the reason you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was a good idea, but the problem is that they all sucked. So I'm going to put together a good team with good people. That's essentially what he's telling everybody. You know, I, I, you know th- this team is essentially the same team that they had in uh, you know, of heavy hitters that they had in the the Thanos Imperative miniseries. And, uh, you know, it's just a team of, you know, the most badass cosmic characters. Yeah. And, you know, let's talk about the, the book
2: itself. I mean, the artwork is fantastic in this book. Uh, the, the Both the, the inks and the colors are just wonderful. Um, all of the different... Scenes, all of the different locations in the book are just you know drawn in epic proportions. Even you know Project Pegasus, Pegasus back on Earth has that you know really big heroic look to it. Um, I, I just think it's a, a a terrific you know you know uh, a, a, a terrific way to spin off on this story, and I like how Cosmo ties back to uh, Star Lords. Or Peter Quill's original vision for the Guardians and said, you know, Peter Quill wasn't able to bring the heavy hitters. You know, he had a a team of guys who were committed, but eventually just didn't have that power that they needed to to solve these these wrongs. These guys have the ability to do that. You know, they have the, the ability to meet the need and hopefully without sacrificing their lives like Peter Quill did.
3: Ultimately, I think this was you know this was a pretty good epilogue to the Thanos Imperative. If you didn't buy the Thanos Imperative, you're probably not going to get much out of this book. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it. Now I, I have two questions about it. Mm-hmm. One, I really hate the way they color the Silver Surfer. Yeah,
2: they almost make him look transparent as opposed to uh, uh, silvery.
3: Yeah, I just I don't get it.
2: Yeah, it's almost I mean you could you could put him and Iceman next to each other and you couldn't tell the difference.
3: Yeah, but at least Iceman is colored. You know, right. he's like he's got blue. Oh you know, he's not African American, Paul. Get it right. <laughs> Jeez.
2: I just I, <laughs> I had the really... NAACP boycotting our podcast because <laughs> Of your inappropriate use of, uh, of 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 racial terms,
0: I just do you know <laughs> what kind of press we could get with the, one of their boycotts? Do you know how many <laughs> new listeners we could get with one of those boycotts? I'm behind you, Paul. I'm behind
1: <laughs> and, you. NAACP. Shut your pie hole. There, I said it.
2: Uh, I just don't know why you got to be so full of hate, Paul.
3: <laughs> and then Paul. he puts it on me. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my second question, who is Icon of the Space Knights? Does anybody know?
2: You know, I know who the Space Knights are, but I don't know who Icon is.
3: Yeah, the final page reveal is a two-page spread where Icon of the Space Knights shows up.
2: Now, you know who the Space Knights are, right? I do not. Okay, well, the Space Knights started off in the old ROM, R-O-M, series back in the 80s. And it was based off a toy, around the same time as the Micronauts' storyline. But uh, Marvel bought the rights to uh, Mar- to, to the Rom uh, character um, after the toy went out of production, and so Rom is now fully in the Marvel continuity, and the Space Knights are fully within the Marvel continuity. Um, their big uh, adversary was always the Dire Wraiths, which was this you know uh, alien race bent on overthrowing everything ever. Um, and so they're going to tie in the Space Knights' Dire Wraith story to the Galactic Avengers or the Annihilators, as the uh, uh, title is being called.
3: Interesting. So, so the Dire Wraiths are actually supposed to be the villains in this Annihilator series, it sounds like.
2: Correct. Correct. And the, the Space Knights are you know, essentially robots, you know intelligent robots.
3: Well, and plus it gives the team a female, I guess.
2: So. Oh, yeah. A Maybe. hot, hot robot lady.
0: <laughs> that's that's got to chafe.
3: Yeah. Can you tell by the dead look in her eyes that she's hot, hot, Aaron? In her robot goggle eyes. Oh, come on, man. You could crack a walnut on that ass. <laughs> yeah, I'd hope so. We saw, we saw
1: the dead look in her eyes, Paul, and we thought maybe that she was next girlfriend of yours.
3: Oh! Ooh, that's whack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talked a little last week. Uh, You know, Thanos Imperative was a pretty big event in the Marvel Universe, Um, at least for us it was. And um, you know, we talked a little bit last week about Marvel's new event coming up, written by Matt Fraction uh, later on this year, called Fear Itself. Now this week, Marvel announced the promotion of Axel Alonso, who's currently editing. I guess like i don't know x-men titles maybe i don't know he, he's one of their senior story editors and so now he is the new editor-in-chief in marvel with joe quesada stepping aside to do uh, i think more like the media tie-in stuff he's doing he's creative
0: coordinator or chief creative consultant or something like that hopefully he's been promoted out of doing any actual work now that's my hope <laughs> i think he's going to be developing talent and all fun stuff
1: that offends my sensibilities You know, if the guy's name is Axel, there's two things he should be doing. He should be a mechanic or he should be in jail. (laughs) He shouldn't be a creative anything. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: I'm sorry. Boom! Couldn't he be a musician?
1: Uh, There's room for only one Axel in music, and that other douchebag got it.
2: See, I just (laughs) keep thinking Axel Foley.
3: He's a Beverly Hills cop.
2: <laughs> Don't be talking to me about no banana up to tailpipe shit. <laughs>
3: uh, so with Axel Alonzo stepping in, I'm assuming we're gonna see, you know, some more changes to the Marvel universe. You know, the Joe Quesada run as EIC of Marvel, you know, you had Civil War, Secret Invasion, House of M, Siege, all that stuff, you know, all universe changing bullshit. And so, you know, we we we've kind of given some thought into how would we change the Marvel Universe. What event would we put together that could change the Marvel Universe? Were we the editor in chief, you know? So, you know, if we were like Joe Casada, and we're mandating some editorial shit, what event would we mandate? Wayne, why don't you start us off? All right. Well,
0: I'm sick and tired of heroes if fighting heroes, fight, heroes. I'd like to see some to villains see some fighting villains. Fight. villains i think I think for me i'm I'm also tired of all the uh the various Avengers teams. It needs to be pared down. I'd like to see a lot of the villains of the Marvel Universe wiped out because there's a lot of really crappy villains, and I'd like to see a new wave of new villains come villains. in so I think that uh I would do a big event where the villains basically, villains basically have their own have their- civil war, and the heroes are trying to keep things kind of in line. You know, you basically know, try to deal with the fallout while the uh, villains, villains are wiping each wipe. other out, and just just clear the stage.
2: So, who, would you have a central
0: character? Do you have a central character in mind for for that storyline? Nope, just wiping out a bunch of the, <laughs> the just <mystery> carnage. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to see Doctor Doom grow out, and, you know, grow and become one of the big villains of the Marvel Universe again. I uh, I'd like to see Magneto back in that role for X Men. Basically, <laughs> I want to reset to the. So right before the early 90s. That sounds good to me.
3: Yeah. Timmy, what about you?
1: Secret Wars 3. That's what I want to do.
3: The Legend lo- of Curly's I lo- Gold?
1: I love... I lo- <laughs> no, we're, gonna, we're not going to have the Curly Fro beyond her, too, <laughs> No. And the second one kind of blew. But the first one, where they're on a different planet... There was a lot of cool moments in, the, in that, and maybe it's just my nostalgia, but I I love that scene where the Hulk was basically holding up a mountain in Spider-Man. You know, like
2: that is like exactly the image I was thinking of, Tim, was yeah. that, that cover where the Hulk is holding up the mountain.
1: Yeah, and everybody else is like, what can we do? And then you'd have, like, these lame-ass heroes like Hawkeye with their thumbs up their ass because they can't do anything because they're under a mountain. <laughs> you know, I want to see this, like this big, stupid, completely deus ex machina transformation from all these heroes and villains from earth to another place where they can rumble again. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of cool moments in that book where you'd have, you know, the, the, the villains were working together, but they weren't really working together and everybody kind of knew it. So they were all like, yep, we'll go do that. And they'd turn around and go, okay, well they know we're not going to go do that. Let's do this. So you'd have little cliques of villains and you know, you'd have somewhat of a cliques of heroes where um, it was just, it's just. I thought it was cool and I, I would love to see that again and it's completely campy in 1980s and I get that but honestly I'd, I would buy it.
0: It goes back to what I miss. I miss good versus evil. We're not seeing a lot of that in comics we're seeing a lot of hero versus hero still. Even with the heroic age it just keeps coming up over and over again.
1: Yeah and hero versus hero is somewhat interesting but it's not it shouldn't overlap the what what comic books are about, which is you know the the big the bad guys versus the good guys, the white hats versus the black hats, and I think that a, a storyline like Secret Wars three would be would be like that, would be the ultimate like western basically.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would love to see a Secret Wars, you know, the, the type of setting that you are talking about with some of the 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 current heroes and villains and the the sensibility of of you know 2011 comics i mean think about the red hood you know on that villains team in secret wars and and you know how he could kind of run that team i think that'd be awesome
1: yeah i was just thinking that i'd like to see the hood telling you know dr june to back it off yeah (laughs) with his his double guns yeah Uh i think that'd be cool so aaron what was your idea
2: my my idea is more of an event than it is a crossover um you know it doesn't tie it 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 will it would tie into some books, but it would't be something that touches you know every title in the Marvel universe. Um, I really like the way uh, Marvel used to do some of their big stories is they'd start small, they'd you know pop up in an annual and annual, not all the annuals, and you know eventually wrap up you know you know eight or twelve months down the line. I, I kind of like those where you'd have this this kind of you know uh, rolling story moving on. I was thinking about in terms of, of my event, and to give you an example of, of, of what I'm talking about, uh, uh, the Kree Scroll War, you know, wasn't a great big epic miniseries that then tied into a bunch of stuff. It just happened throughout various titles in the Marvel Universe, you know, and then eventually culminated in the Avengers books. Um, but you know, you had a little bit over here, and you know, Marvel Two and One, and you had a little bit over there. Uh, That's the kind of thing that I I really liked, you know, and each of those stories kind of stood on their own. You didn't have to have known what was going on in each one of those things. But what I was thinking is kind of starting and ending with kind of a a buddy movie sort of feel. And the two guys in the Marvel Universe that I think are my favorite buddies are Beast and Wonder Man. You know, Simon Williams and uh, uh, Hank McCoy. I just I love both of those characters. In particular, I love them when they're together. You know, they're 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 funny. Uh they they are well-rounded characters and I just really enjoy what a good writer can do with them. So, you know, I'd have them just starting off palling around and they wind up getting into one adventure after another and eventually it turns into that you know they they find out that what's going on is these cult followers of Thanos have come to Earth. Because, you know, Earth heroes were involved in uh, the uh, Thanos imperative. And, you know, they're trying to put pieces together of what happened and, you know, rescuing Thanos, etc. So it does turn into a big space story again with, you know, Wonder Man and uh, uh, Beast as our central characters. But, you know, we get to touch a bunch of characters along the way as the story grows and. Um, Thanos is eventually released. It turns into a big ah, "I'm Thanos and I'm pissed off and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna bring death to the universe." So you know we have all that to deal with. And meanwhile, you're seeing everything through the eyes of Beast and Wonder Man. Uh, and so they're, they're, it, while it's all very big and serious and whatnot and all super big action, you've got the humor that comes from these two guys. And at the end of the story, Beast is returned to his original pre-cat Beast appearance. Not his human appearance, still blue and furry, but he's not Cat Beast anymore.
0: That's my oh, idea. I can vote Cat, Beast Cat Beast. does suck. <laughs>
3: <laughs> See, my idea was, you know, because you went with like an event, like a cosmic type event, and I went with more of a, a crossover, just because I wanted to kill a lot of people <laughs> in the Marvel universe. I was like, you know, it's time to yeah you know, to clear out some shit. And so I went with this, like, event that would team Kingpin, Blackheart, uh, Dracula, Thanos, and I had one more. Um, Zarathos, And they were teaming up to unleash Mephisto's hordes of hell onto the Earth. That was my idea. And so, you know, so they were... I went through this whole little outline thing. I got excited once I started writing it. Of course, it reads more like fan fiction than anything else. <laughs> you know. And I'm like, you know, it, maybe it's time to start killing characters. because, And actually kill them off. Like kill them off without a plan to bring them back in a Reborn series. You know, I think, I mean, it's been, I think, since the 80s that someone was actually killed off without any intention of bringing them back. You know, I mean, eventually, you know, they were brought back. I mean, you know, like um, the Flash, the Barry Allen Flash. When they killed him off, he was dead. Dude was dead for 20 years before someone said, you know what, let's bring him back. So I was like, you know, they need to kill some characters that with no intentions of having them reborn in the next year or two. You know, so I was thinking, you know, what characters can we get rid of in the Marvel Universe? So I was thinking that you could kill off Black Panther, Moon Knight. Colleen Wing, Danny Ketch, the Punisher, you can kill like all five of them and no one will give a crap.
0: I would care if you killed Danny Ketch. I'd rather see Johnny Blaze die because Danny Ketch's Ghost Rider was always far more interesting to me.
3: See, but you've already killed Johnny Blaze, so killing him again is kind of like, eh, we've already seen him dead. Unless he's going to die for good.
0: That's what I want. I want to see him die for good so we can (laughs) get some Danny Ketch stories again.
3: You know, and of course, Wolverine would die in the series, and I figured there would be you know, and you would kill off all of the Hulks other than Bruce Banner, and and since this had to deal with Mephisto, you know that Mephisto would undo the deal that Spider-Man made with him, and then you know, and so it would you know him it like that that whole one moment in time, brand new day thing, you know, so. That's kind. That deal is kind of undone. So you know, everyone kind of remembers both continuities, and you know they they have to work on resolving how it works. You um, know, and that way you you'd get the supernatural element, right, of the Marvel universe. You get your street level heroes. You've you know you've got these big ass bad guys, so you could bring in like the top you know heavy hitters like Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, and you've also got the cosmic element by bringing in Thanos. Um, and I just, you know, I, I came up with this whole idea that involved the Darkhold book and all this stuff, and it just, you know, it just kind of cleared the playing field a little bit, you know, there's, you know, give us one Hulk, one Ghost Rider, you know, we don't need the Punisher anymore, you know, it's just kind of some of the stuff that's just kind of monotonous in the Marvel Universe, and you know, some of the things that we just haven't really enjoyed, Um, you know, and it kind of brings an element of tragedy back to the, to the Hulk, so, you know, and I like to to see that a little bit again instead of the family man that we've been seeing. So that was my idea. You're breaking Captain America's heart, Paul. Why am I breaking Captain America's heart? Because
2: Captain America likes Bruce having a family. <laughs> and you're breaking his heart, Paul.
3: Oh, you know, we can kill one of them, too. <laughs> we don't need got two of them. Exactly. If you've got two of a character, one of them can go. <laughs> In this crossover, one can die. Because uh, you know the, the the DC universe has two flashes. I think it's ready for one of them to die too. But anyway, we're talking about Marvel, and uh, you know you've got two Captain Americas, two Ghost Riders, sick Hulks. You know, come on, it, it's time to to clear some of that shit out. You can kill Spider Girl too. I think we only need one spider spider related character. So who who is
2: there? Is there a central character, or is it just a, a cast of thousands?
3: You know, it's kind of like a cast of thousands, but it would. You know, it, it kind of each issue kind of focuses on a, a particular group. I see. Um, so, like, the first issue is more the Heroes for Hire. And, you know, like I said, most of them are wiped out.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, you know, the second issue would focus on Wolverine. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, who's. I, I told you I wrote an outline and everything. <laughs> uh, you know, with the last two, you know, then then you'd focus on the Hulk, and then the final issue would focus on like Spider Man and Doctor Strange. And I even came up with the idea that Jamie Madrox would be the the ultimate sacrifice at the end, since who gives a shit about Jamie Madrox? I
2: love Jamie Madrox. Uh,
3: so he would kill him. He would sacrifice himself to save the day, and then finally someone would give a shit about Jamie Madrox.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you gotta hate so much,
2: Paul. <laughs> yeah, what's up with well,
0: that? we've seen him die too many times i would have gone with someone i don't know someone else to be the the final sacrifice wow wayne's calling you
3: out it's calling calling your idea lame who would you go with well you you can give wolverine the final sacrifice then i don't know. someone needs to die that you know that is not going to come back immediately because i'm I'm tired of that you know it happens all the time and within two years that character is back um you know they, they don't just kill people anymore I'm you know, I'm sure the, the wasp is probably gonna come back any day now if she hasn't already. Oh well, the wasp you, is coming back. Any day, I agree. You know what I'm hearing out of all of our
0: ideas so far? We're uh, we're all curmudgeons and we want comics the way they used to be.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we
0: want dead people to die without a plan for return. We want heroes versus villains. We want the comics we grew up reading.
3: Well, and you know what's kinda of sad? You know, the I was thinking about this a little bit, and Crisis on Infinite Earths was not only you know it, it, to me reading that story. You see that that was kind of the last time that death really mattered in comics. You know, you had the Flash and Supergirl. You know, those were the big character deaths. You know, and that was also kind of the last time. It, it, it's kind of a, a two way thing because it was the last time a universe really took a big step forward, but at the same time, it also kind of opened the path for reboots and continuity which have been like endless ever since
0: you know actually i seriously thought about suggesting that for marvel the equivalent of crisis on infinite earth a a reboot clear out some of the you know crazy stuff that's happened over the years start from scratch
3: which i mean i don't know i guess it could possibly work see i
2: i think that the difference is is that dc had to have something like that I mean, because they, they had so much of the different universes going on and you had so many conflicts in what had happened in their history, you didn't have a clear continuity. And even though Marvel kind of scoffs at continuity these days, their, their path is a lot cleaner than DC's ever was. Um, I don't know that, that a, a crisis on the infinite Earth to clean up continuity is, is what they need, but I do think that they need something to kind of shake things up again. You know, but I don't want to see something that's going to derail all of our stories either. You know, I think the thing that you you, that I think the shakeup that Marvel needs is not an event that hits every single title, but tight stories that are organic to the monthly titles. I mean, I really I, I have enjoyed the last eight months where we didn't have the giant crossover that derailed and important stories got to happen in my comics. I'm disappointed to see that we're coming back into another event announced less than eight months from the, from the end of their last uh, great big crossover that's the disappointment for me i think i think the the groundbreaking change for marvel is to have stories that are organic to their characters not these giant you know events crossovers uh you know super extra stories uh, you know that they can't deliver on time and and, and that are more hype than than quality
0: yeah, I miss big multi year storylines or even things where they throw in a, a mystery or a hint and it doesn't get resolved for five, six years. Mm-hmm. I mean the ex trader, you know, Bishop storyline basically. That went on for what, ten years before they revealed who the, the trader was. I mean I miss stories like that
3: see i I don't know if I'm looking for something like that like a multi year story because I mean we've got that we've got that with Captain America you know books like Green Lantern where you've got like this one epic story right but i I think I would like a big event not a crossover mm-hmm. a big event book you know and if a character dies in it, yeah their title may you know may e- well not may end will end that type of thing but you know I don't want to have to buy a million tie-ins I just want one big event book um Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I think Secret Wars, for the most part, didn't have a lot of tie-ins. No, it didn't. You know, it was it was it was a series, and then at the end of the series, you know, then it forever altered some of the titles that it was in, you know, of the characters. Um, But while it was going on, and that was a 12 issue series, right? You know, it did. You know, those titles didn't. And you know, then you'd have people complaining about continuity. Well, where does this take place? And blah blah blah. So, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. But I, you know, I do agree there needs to be some change, and it does kind of sound funny that we're all kind of sounding like old school fanboys. You know, it needs to go back to the way it was, and I, I guess that's not really what I'm saying because, I, you know, I, I would be okay with characters dying that I loved growing up, but I think have no place in today's comic book world. Yeah, you know, I think that some characters are just kind of lost.
2: So, what's the gutsy move, Paul? Who's the character that's got to die?
3: I think Wolverine. I think Wolverine needs to die
2: and be um, off the. Be off the. The. I mean, is that a Captain Marvel death where we don't bring him back?
3: I think it can be. You know, I think it's a, uh, or the Punisher, um, you know, or like I said, any of these characters. You know, Jamie Madrox, um, hell, even Cyclops. Or Moon I was Knight. just thinking,
0: Cyclops actually.
3: You know, I think there are a good number of characters that you yeah, could kill, right? And, and I, I get
2: the the smaller characters like Jamie Madrox, but you're saying your big tentpole tentpole death character, the one that shocks everybody. Oh my God, this is this is a big deal. Is Wolverine Cyclops?
3: Yeah, I would say either, I'd say one of those two could could be a tentpole death. I mean, because let's be honest, you can still have Wolverine cartoons, you can still have Wolverine <laughs> movies. You know, but Marvel needs to focus a little bit on some of the other characters instead of having a couple of different Wolverine ongoings. So, so let me
2: ask you this question: Why does there have to be a significant death?
3: Why can't you have
2: some other kind of fundamental change? Uh, why does it have to be the death of a character that that makes it meaningful?
3: You know, I, I got to be honest. I feel like most, some of the best epic stories have some sense of sacrifice to them, um, you know, some type of of emotional pull at the end. You know, and it's typically the death of a of a major character. And yeah, I mean there are exceptions to that rule, you know. But it, it would I, I feel like there should be some grand sacrifice because in comics, at least with comic storytelling, those are the stories that people remember. Mm-hmm. Crisis on infinite earths. Um, you know, people remember the, the Flash and Supergirl. You know, uh, Superman Doomsday, you know, the, where the hero sacrifices himself for the greater good. I think those are the stories that that people have a lasting memory of. Because, I mean, let's be honest. In 10 years, who's going to give a shit about Civil War? You know, or Secret Invasion? Yeah, and yeah, Janet Mark, died.
2: Mark Millar, Steve McNiven.
3: Yeah, other than that. <laughs> you know, or Siege. Fuck. I mean, we, we barely care about Siege now, and it's less than a year later.
0: Mm hmm. I'm you supposed know, to yeah. still care about it,
3: <laughs> you know. And yeah, the century died, but I'm talking like a grandiose, important character death, and I feel like that—that's kind of what's needed to shake things up a little bit to let a character know that that's actually
0: important, important not a character that we're just being told is important. Sure.
3: Yeah. So, well, and not only that, kill them and don't announce. You know, kill Wolverine and don't announce Wolverine Reborn starting the next month. You know, he's well, off think, the playing field.
2: I, I think one of the things that that I love so much about secret wars and that I love so much about infinite crisis is that I didn't know how they were going to end, you know, n- these days with solicits and the online uh, communities, we know what's going to happen at the end of these books before they ever come out. In fact, the, the last real surprise that I recall was the death of captain America, you know, cause they didn't solicit that they, they surprised the retailers and, you know, pissed off a bunch of retailers who under ordered, uh, that issue of captain America. Um, so I, I think that it's hard if you're a, a fan of 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 uh, the level that's going to go out there and look at solicits. You know, it's hard to get excited
0: about how your books are going to wind up. You
2: know,
1: no, you just got to
2: be like me. That's right. Well, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, Tim was, I was
0: still shocked when uh, when Nightcrawler died. That would have been a big cornerstone death. But yeah. the rest of us had read you know read solicits read. You know, a debate online about it, and we were all expecting it, but it, Tim wasn't. It caught him completely off guard.
1: Yeah, so, I tell Paul to be quiet every time he starts talking that <laughs> way. Like,
0: no.
2: Now, so a question, Paul. You know, you had yes. said that 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 the death of of a character is what makes one of these events for. It makes it memorable. What about a significant change, a significant lasting change to the character? Okay, so say for instance, say for instance, Wolverine, who is. Uh, the, you know the character that that you know you, you've said this this ought to be the, the central character, the one that has the impactful change. You know, and so let's take death off the table. Let's give him something you know something similar to death, like marriage. Um, <laughs> 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 what if what if this all culminates in a lasting change for Wolverine that he marries? You
3: know, you know yeah. but here's the thing: death, and yeah. my my thinking is that death can be a permanent thing if you know if done that way but mm-hmm. what last you know what can we change about these characters that they haven't already done
2: well and i and you're absolutely right because i was thinking well what would you take away from wolverine you know what would be what would be what would resonate with the fans well you know we've already taken his adamantanium away from him before you know he's lost he, a
3: hand before right you know what about losing married? his
2: healing factor
0: yeah, you
3: know, what if he? What if he, He's done that before. I mean, everything that? of that. Has, yeah. Everything's been done before.
0: What about, he lost it for a while when he lost the adamantium? What about if he mm-hmm. goes bald? That would be a lasting change.
3: <laughs> he's done that too. <laughs> but he least actor, can't fight male pattern baldness.
2: Okay, so I so I think that uh, marriage and kids that's his that's his next hurdle.
3: Maybe you know where he's, he's not where he's too. not a
2: deadbeat dad where he's not a deadbeat
3: dad. Uh, yeah, well, you read that. that <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so just, maybe you got to kill the son of a bitch. I don't know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it, and that's just Wolverine. You know, yeah. maybe Cyclops could get married to Emma Frost. See, but now that, I don't think
2: I, I don't think you can do that because, you know, no, I don't I'm, think that's the I think Cyclops got to die. Honestly, I think I think he if if he's your central character, his big change is death because you've seen him in so many relationships, a marriage, a child, that's not going to work because we've seen all that for Cyclops before. I think the change for Cyclops is death.
0: I'd like to see Spider Man married to, Mary, to Jane. Mary Jane.
3: Yeah, I mean, or you know, that, that deal undone. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, for many characters I think the only change would be death. You know, like I don't I don't want to see the Punisher get married at the end of this event. You know, that's not that's not I don't want to see the Punisher run off and have kids. I wanna well, see the you know the Punisher but maybe to the die.
2: Maybe the change for the Punisher though is not death, but he resolves his anger issues. You know, he know he's no longer out for revenge. Maybe, maybe he he does find in himself a, a peace. You know, and he retires the whole Punisher thing.
1: He takes his zol off. <laughs>
2: he decides that it was just gas, not necessarily, necessarily <laughs> revenge that he needed. <laughs> my tummy was just upset
3: <laughs> uh, for
2: twenty-seven years. Pull yeah. my finger. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. My my thing is is that I don't think that necessarily, in order for an event to be memorable, somebody's got to die. We didn't have that in Secret Wars, and we and I think most of us have fond memories of Secret Wars. Um, I, I think that what you've got to have is lasting change, and we did see lasting change come out of Secret Wars. For instance, the the spider Spider Man suit turned into Venom, became a a a a uh, hallmark of the Spider Man franchise. I, but death does have its place. I, I think that, you know, there is certainly a good use of it. I but I'm right there with you. I don't want you to kill the character off and announce a new book next week. I Fantastic wanna... Four have a few extra kids. You can throw a few <laughs> of them on the death pile. Well and and you know, along those lines, I mean I think that I think what makes these things memorable is loss, not necessarily death, but loss uh to the character. So, I mean, imagine the change that you would have in Fantastic Four if Franklin died, you know. Now, that might change the tone of your book to something that you don't want to go to because, you know, uh, when, when Fantastic Four is your family-friendly book and you kill off a kid, that kind of changes the tone of your book. But, uh, I mean, I think those are the kinds of, of stakes you've got to play with on your characters.
3: And I, I, I agree. And, yeah, I said death, but, you know. It it does you're right, lasting character change would be just as effective if it's a lasting character yeah, change. Agreed. You know, they don't do lasting character change anymore. They do six months to a year, eighteen months at the most. The and TV then it's up. back Yeah, yeah <laughs> and then we have two Captain Americas. Right. So of our
2: uh different events, which one do you want to see in print?
3: Hmm. I'd buy Secret Wars three. Yeah, I would two.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Or a combination of some of these combined. I mean, use Secret Wars to get the end result that we're all looking for. Because we're all looking for a pretty similar result. Yeah. We want heroes versus villains. We want the stage, stage cleaned, cleaned up, a little, up bit. a little bit.
1: You know, I like Paul's idea. I just think that you got to aim a little bit lower than Wolverine to get it to maybe
3: happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. But so we, Squirrel talk? Girl?
1: Squirrel Girl? <laughs> Absolutely. Throw her on the punishment
3: the with you. You know, it could be the Punisher, even though the Punisher has died before. Yeah, you know that's the problem. Guns. You know, it's it's hard to find a character who hasn't already died.
2: Uh, if we kill off Wolverine, we could have Frank and Logan. <laughs> oh, Aaron!
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's a character that we have two of. Right? We've got Wolverine and Dark Wolverine. Daken takes over the role. Wolverine's dead. Period. Well, We're and done. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is that I, I like both Wolverine and I like Dokken. I like both I think of Wolverine characters. can bite it. Bite it. <laughs>
0: I think Dawkins can bite it. I think Dawkins' bitten it. Oh, yeah. On
1: accident. (laughs) No teeth!
3: No teeth! Ah, (laughs) Get off! Alright, and on that note.
2: (laughs) Alright. Well, good times, guys. ¿Dónde está el Cylon?